0: are listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from preachthebible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. 2 Corinthians in chapter 9, uh, verse 15, uh, a simple verse uh, given by Uh, the great apostle, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, when he said in verse 15, and we'll read it together, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. The unspeakable gift that has been given to us. Paul was not saying that we do not have something to speak when it comes to that unspeakable gift, even the Lord Jesus Christ. But he's simply saying it is unspeakable in the sense that it is inexpressible fully to be able to tell you or to show you all that we have, and all that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, The poet could not write about all of it, but he could write about and has written about some of the great things that we have been made aware of. No songwriter could ever put it into music, and in music and in form of words, Sing about all that there is and all that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is simply no means that we have to fully express all that there is in this unspeakable gift, even the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that I've had many gifts in my life, and I thank God for them. I think about the largest gift that was given to me in size, and that was a a van that was given to my wife and I to help us in our travels across the country. Uh, Precious gifts. There have been many so precious to us and to our life, and uh, those things you could never get away with, always being thankful for them. Uh, The best gift, I could probably say, uh, which includes preciousness, uh, which improves greatness, and that best gift that was given to me by the Lord, I believe, and that was my sweet Nell, whom the Lord gave to me uh, 67 years ago, a little more than that now. I courted her for uh, six months and then married her and we lived together joyfully and thankfully to the Lord for sixty six and a half years, and of course she passed away while we were preaching in a meeting in Florida and I'd preached until Saturday night and we said our good nights on Saturday night and I awakened in the next morning to find that she had uh, slept, I went to sleep and stepped out at the end of the day into the daylight, the daylight of eternity for the Lord. And so we've been these months now uh, just having that time, but I believe that was the best thing that happened to me outside of my salvation was in this dear wife that the Lord gave me. The greatest gift, the greatest gift, uh, all of us who are saved can testify that the greatest gift outweighs anything else that we've ever been given, ever received, certainly is that unspeakable gift, that Lord Jesus Christ, that God so loved the world that he gave us his beloved Son. While we may reckon the wealth of man's gift... You nor I nor no one else can fully estimate God's gift. Only to say, he's just unspeakable. And one preacher trying to express it, it just simply said, he's just too much to be able to tell all that there is in him. But this morning, we do know this. We do know that this this salvation that we have in Christ is altogether, altogether a gift. The Word of God bears witness against human effort and human efforts to make themselves available and satisfy holy God. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And John 1 and verse 12, But as many as received him... To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe upon himself of the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is a gift. By faith, grace seals the contract between us and the Lord Jesus Christ. The sinner says, as he sings, nothing in my hand I bring, Simply to the cross I cling, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. What an unspeakable gift that we have. But think about this, ladies and gentlemen, this morning, this unspeakable gift. That books could not be written to tell it all. No way to tell it all. But thank God for what we do know that this gift brings so many gifts with it. And when you have Him, thank God you have sonship. You have eternal riches. We adjoin heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are free. From sin's penalty, we have a companionship that he brings and says, I'll be with you all of the way. I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Thank God it brings abiding and abundant grace. Grace is what sealed it up. Faith brought us, but grace sealed the contract. For by grace are you saved. I was reading on last night. And looking at verses in the book of Romans where the Bible says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, even the Lord Jesus Christ. I like what it says down in verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That even as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by the Lord Jesus Christ. That unspeakable gift that God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. Could we say more? Oh yes. There's more that we even can say that has already been revealed to us. That is this precious book and we thank God for it. What could we say about it? He's just too much. He's just unspeakable. Thank God for the light that we have had Thank God for the light that we still have in the Lord Jesus Christ. This gift not only brings so much with it for us, but this gift of Jesus bringing salvation certainly is unspeakable. It is beyond our understanding of that which we have seen and do know about this person Even the Lord Jesus Christ. We see Jesus born of Mary. But lived before the world was. What a wonder of it all. The one who upholds all things. Now is held in the lap of Mary. So much more. That we could go on and on and on. And say that we do know. Even hard to comprehend. How he that upholds all things by the word of his power, is held in the arms of Mary. I thought about it this morning. Here was Mary, the virgin born, holding God in her arms, rocking God in the lap, caring for Caring for, holding God in her hand. It's so far down, I can't reach down and get a hold of the depth of it. But I've got a hold of it enough that I understand it and I believe it. Amen and amen and about this person. Now, this person, so much more can be said. It's just unspeakable. But unlike not only in his person. But unlikely, unbescivably, undescribably, in his condescension, that is his coming down to take the form of man and to live as man. But as the God-man, someone has said, how far down did he have to come? I don't know how far it was. But I'm glad when I couldn't get to him, he was willing to come far enough down to get to me and to get to you. And we thank God for it. He came. We know and can speak. Which we know that he was the virgin born son of God. And there was a voice from heaven at his baptism which said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Yes, he came down, took himself the form of man, and walked on this earth. The years that he was here, he was God, but it was man. He was the man God when we read about it in Scripture. Uh, when we walk and when man, he walked on those dusty roads of old Jerusalem, he was man. But when he walked on water, he was God. When he took the lad's lunch, five loaves and two fishes, he was man. But when he prayed over it and when he blessed it, he was God and fed the thousands with it. And when he was about and asleep in a storm-tossed ship, With his disciples, he was man when he slept, but he was God when he got up and said to the wind, lie down and be still. He was man when he wept with Mary and Martha and stood at the grave of Lazarus. He was man when he wept, but thank God he was God when he said to Lazarus, get out of there and get up. He was man when he bled and died on the cross. But he was God when he got up on the third day. Thank God for this unspeakable gift. So much we do know to tell. So we ought to be living in the light of that which we do know and can speak. And uh, live like we believe what we've heard of this unspeakable gift. Paul said this, thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Little thought of what we've received brings little thanks. In our lives. Little thanks is because maybe we just don't have time. We delay to thank God for all that we have in this unspeakable gift. All that we have through him and by him. There are those who give no thanks because they've never received This gift. But we who have received this gift, we ought to be full of thanks, never delaying at any time to thank Him for Calvary, thank Him for the sonship that we now have, and thank Him for all that He has prepared for us. But so many times we receive so much From our salvation. Thank God for the open place to be able to go and lay our burdens down. And hear our hearts that have been broken. Healed again. So busy of receiving. So busy about all of there is in life. Until we delay to give those thanks that we ought to. Paul said give thanks and I give thanks. For that unspeakable gift, someone has said, you know, how could I give thanks to him? And how could I thank him and give to him since he owns everything? There's some things he don't have that you and I could give. He's God. He owns all things. Cattle are his upon a thousand hills. But there's some things he don't have. Some things that we can give to him. He doesn't have your loyalty unless you give it. Amen? He doesn't have your life fully given to him unless you give it. He does not have his tithe and his offerings unless you give it. Because the Bible says the tithe is the Lord's. And tithes and offerings. And I want to commend you for what I've heard. Uh, Pastor has said that this November The Lord willing, maybe around Thanksgiving time, y'all's prayer is because of your faithful giving to him your tithes and your offerings, that the Lord willing, you'll have everything here paid for. I don't want to commend you for that. That is a tremendous thing. But he doesn't have it. Unless you and I give it. Uh, He doesn't have your first love unless you give it. And sometimes in our Christian life at that first journey into our Christian life, that first exciting time, wanting a new Bible or wanting a Bible, thrilled with the new songs that we're hearing and singing, about all that He's done for us and reading what's already been revealed we rejoice And all our love our first love that we had for Him was high and it was full and it was exciting but somehow we may have let that first love grow cold I remember what Brother Johnny said to me, a woman said to him about that. And, uh, she said to Brother Johnny, he told me a woman came out of the service, not necessarily, I don't know where it was, but said, I just want to tell you, Brother Pope, that sermon was so warm this morning, warmed my heart. Johnny said he went back and got what the dictionary said and it says warm's not so hot. But sometimes our first love can get not so hot. We ought to keep it hot. Amen. Stay fired up for God. Hey, go back to the first things. Yeah, and there's a lot of deep things and a lot of other things we know, but go back to Calvary about the time when you got saved, when God pulled you up out of the dirt of life and made you a child of God. Boy, if you get over Calvary, you'll start getting over faithfulness. You get over Calvary when you first got saved, you'll start getting over your Bible. Just get over, get over your first love. Get it warm, get it back, and it'll get back, bring back your amen again. It'll bring back your hallelujah again. It'll bring back your step again. It'll put you more alive than you've ever been in a while. So, hey, there's a lot that we can give him that he don't have unless we give it to him. Mm. Give. You know, I was reading last night. In Second Corinthians again, about those Christians in Macedonia, uh, wherein it said of them, uh, they were faithful in their giving, and preparing and putting together an offering, a help for Paul's ministry. In Second Corinthians in, in Chapter Eight, it said, "Moreover, brethren." We do you wit the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. Grace bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. The graces bestowed upon them for their joy, their deep poverty abounded in their trials of afflictions. For to their power I bear record, yea, Beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and spake upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to God. Hey, it's time for the church again. It's time for the Christian again. To not only warm that heart a little bit more until it's on fire again. And the hallelujah's back again. And the amen's back again. And the steps a little faster now for the Lord Jesus Christ. Simply because of this unspeakable gift. Could we say more? Yes, we could say more. So much more to be able to say about that. But let us live in the light of what we really know and can say. I was thinking the morning and on prayer. I was thinking about the lost man. Why is, is it that the lost man is not saved? It's simply because he don't ask. For anyone that will ask, the Bible said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This morning, if you're here without Christ, not ready for eternity without God, but knowing in your heart maybe something that stirred your heart somewhere along the way, maybe in the song of the morning hour, maybe this part of the message feebly given this morning that you know you need this God in your life you need this Christ you need this unspeakable gift in your life then the Bible said for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus believe in thine heart that God has saved him uh, he said, he'll be saved. I don't know, but I guess one of the things that encourages, encourages me in my ministry in these latter days probably is just uh, trying to get somebody saved. It just sort of makes a joy in your heart and your life. I don't know if I told you while I was here last time about a dear old man that I led to Christ 87 years of age. Don't think I told you that. But 87 years of age. And uh, his wife was a dedicated Christian. The children had been saved. They're all grown now. I pastored that church, Pinecrest, the last... 20 years of pastoring and uh, the wife died and they asked me to do the funeral of course and uh, they said to me, said, preacher the preacher said uh, would you speak one more time to dad and I said well, I've talked to him many times and he's come to church and visited a time or two but never would make any movement towards Christ And said, but preacher, would you just one more time speak to him? So at the funeral before uh, the actual service and while we had the night for uh, coming and giving prayers and standing with the family, uh, the old man was standing at his wife's casket. And while the people were full, uh, the whole room was full, I said to him, I said, Mr. Lansdowne, I said, let me, would you go with me in the little room over here at private and, uh, let me tell you how I'm going to conduct the service and, uh, how it's going to turn out and so forth. He said, okay, preacher. He was a little old, little old man. He was 87 years of age and I was 86. <laughs> and I, 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 I took him in the room and, and uh set him down, and I said, "Now I'm going to tell you how the service is going to be conducted for your wife, but I, but I said, I, I want to talk to you about something that's more important And Before I said anything, he just turned to me, he said, "Preacher, I've known you through the years, and I trust you." and I said, Could you do me a favor?" I said, I'll do my best, Mr. Lansdowne. He said, could you tell me how to get to where mama is now? I said, I can tell you how to get to where mama is right now. And so I I told him how to get to where mama was. Amen. And I said, now, if you want to get there, you got to ask to be able to get there. you got to ask him to forgive you and save you. And so we went through the process, and uh, he prayed the prayer out loud. I said, what you need to do now, we need to go back in there and stand by your wife's casket. With assurance you're going to go where she already is. And you need to tell all those people that you're going. I said, well, are you willing to do that? He said, I'm willing to do it, preacher. So we went back in and I said, Mr. Lansdowne, everybody be quiet. Mr. Lansdowne, I've got something he wants to tell you. He said, I want to tell all of you that i made preparations to get to where Mama is. That'll warm up your heart. Let me get you stirred up and ready to go again. So I went by his house to tell him about baptism. I said, you need to be baptized now. He said, okay. Okay. A visitor was there who had been visiting and uh, courting maybe one of the children. And uh, I said to him, I said, Sir, are you saved? Are you a Christian man? He said, No, sir. I said, Do you want to be saved like Mr. Lansdowne got saved? He said, Yes, sir, I sure would like that. I said, Let's get down and pray. And so I led him to Christ. I said, next Sunday there, I'm going back to my old church, but I know they'll let me baptize you, both of you. And said, I want you there, I want you to walk down the aisle, and I'll tell them you got saved, and you want to follow Jesus in baptism. And That won't help you to get there any sooner, but it'll be the thing you can do that God wants you to do. I baptized the first man. He was about 50 years of age. Mr. Lansdowne, they got him ready. He was an old man, 87. They helped him up the stairs, and I, I had already instructed him. I said, now, Mr. down, it's very, very important that you listen to what I'm saying and do it. I said, we're going to get in the water. going to be about up to here to us. And said, I'm going to put my hand to your back, and I'm going to take a nice clean handkerchief and hold it so the water don't get down your nose. And said, now, you're going to put your hands just like this. And I'm going to put my arm under you. And after I ask you a question and you answered, then I'm going to put you down in the water and bring you up. And I want you to hold on to my arm. Just hold on to it. Okay. So I went through the first part of it. And I took him to put him down underneath the water. And I was trying to pull him up and he was trying to pull me down. And here's two old codgers in the pool trying to get one baptized. I I, I mean, I mean, he was pulling me. And just laying back and laying back. And I was trying to get him up with one hand and pull this under. I was trying to pull him up and he's pulling me down. We both went down in the water. And the congregation, they got up. They couldn't see us. We were out of sight. They were looking everywhere for us. Finally, we both come up with water all over us. And then the the crowd started clapping. I thank God we both got baptized. What could you give him? You can give him that witness he wants you to be. Soul linen and door knocking, passing out tracts and testifying. It not over yet. It's still taught the Bible. He said, tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. Go in Jerusalem. Do it here. Go into Jumea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the world. Do it there. He said, ye are my witnesses. You see the missionary that goes to the field. We call him a missionary. The Bible doesn't use that term. It uses the term witness. They go as witnesses. See, that takes in everybody. Not just the fellow that's going to Canada. But takes in everybody. And how shall they call? Unless someone tells them how they're going to believe. Unless someone goes. So you could give him today, you can give him that witness out there that he wants you to be. I've been suffering a little bit these last months. Two weeks before I came here, I had not felt well. My mornings are the worst time because that's when I get up as I generally did for 66 and a half years and make coffee for me and mama. And so mornings are a bad time for me. And uh, but two weeks before I came here, I got up, it wasn't a good morning. I told my daughter, I said, honey, I I hear the super I know the superintendent of the golf course where I had played is in the hospital with heart problems. And I've witnessed to the big heavy set man who's a superintendent. And I said, He, I don't know if he's really safe. Never did say it. I didn't feel good that day. I'm not bragging. I'm not trying to be somebody that's noble. But I just, I said, I think I'll just go to the hospital and visit him. She said, Dad, I don't think you ought to go this morning. I said, yeah, I need to go. And so I I got out of bed, got dressed, went to the hospital, and and I saw Mr. O'Hare. And I said skipper we called him I said skipper we've talked a lot of times and you got heart trouble he said I just had a heart cath and they told me it's gone and they can take care of it in medicine I said well are you still in trouble I said you need some more heart surgery although they said you're clear and I talked to him about Jesus and the great pig man, great big man. I said, Skipper, you need Jesus. You need to call on him and ask him to save you. I said, are you willing to do that, Skipper? He said, he started crying. He said, I want to do that, preacher. So I took his hand and led him to Jesus. Quick as I get back, I got to go to his house and see if I can get his wife saved and get them both baptized. And my friends who know who he is and as big as he is said, Preacher, you barely got that other man up. (laughs) Said, how are you going to get that big guy up? I said, I'll put him down. He'll get up. He won't stay down long. <laughs> There's a lot we can give him when you think about it. And you ought to think this morning, what could I give him who's given me his unspeakable gift and oh, what I have in it that he brings not only that Christmas gift, and it's a Thanksgiving time. It's a Christmas giving time. It's a thankful giving season of the year. What an opportune time for us to reach back to Calvary again and have our hearts maybe that have grown maybe even cold, not even warm anymore. But say, Lord, I I want to give myself first, like the churches of Macedonia. And when you give him that life that he really don't have control of, and give him that witness that he wants you to be, life's going to be different when you walk close to him it's always different and i've walked i felt close to him these last months so i'm asking you this morning is you're not saved he can give you salvation if you give him a call just give him a call and he'll answer